0: Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, thanks for tuning in on a Thursday. I am so ready to kick off this episode because we have the talented Suzanne Santo joining us today. Suzanne is an Austin based singer, songwriter, and instrumentalist who just released her sophomore album, Yard Sale. While Suzanne's first solo album, Ruby Red, came out in 2017, Suzanne actually began working on Yard Sale while touring the globe with Irish musician and singer Hosier. Yard Sale, which also features artists Gary Clark Jr. and Shaky Graves, is symbolic of Suzanne's journey to make peace with her past, look towards her future, and live in the present. And today, she'll be diving more into that message and her journey working on the album. We'll also be discussing Suzanne's schedule with recording and touring and how she and the music industry in general have been affected by COVID-19 restrictions. I cannot wait for you to hear from Suzanne and learn more about this incredible album Yard Sale. So you know what to do, turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. All right. So Suzanne, I am so excited to have you on and to talk about this new album, Yard <laughs> thank Sale. Thank you. Yeah. You, thank you so much for coming on. Um, How has, I know we were just talking about this, but how has your summer been, but also like, how have you just been during the pandemic? I know COVID has really rattled the music industry in particular mm-hmm. uh, pretty significantly. So how have you been?
1: Um, Thanks for asking. I've been Pretty good. You know, I, I'm kind of getting to this point of really uh, letting go of that which I can't control. Uh, and the things I can control are um, my attention, my uh, my own music, uh, you know, in, internally, my writing, my practicing. And I've found that when I felt frustrated with the external uh, chaos and things that I, I have. You know no say in, I can go home and play my violin for two hours and get a lot better at it. And there's reward in that and there's empowerment. And so I've been really navigating ways to feel good about myself that like, you know, I just went to the gym with my boyfriend this morning. Uh, I got up at 645 and I, that is not in my nature, by the way. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. I'm so glad I did it. And, you know, things like that, that like, you kind of have to break your routine, especially if your routine is like despair and sadness and like, you know, every once in a while you have to go there and like metabolize it. But I've, you know, last year I, I really hunkered down with those things and processed my, my fear and sadness and all that stuff. And I just kind of am like, you know, um, what comes next is what comes next and, and I can only do my best in that interim and, and with what's presented to me. So I found that the volume of anxiety and confusion is r- vastly reduced when I can just focus on those things. So I'm really good. Um, I, I've got a loving family, a loving partner, and you know things are just you know like the little things are great.
0: Well, that's amazing to hear, <laughs> and I mean, I could imagine that with being a musician too. I mean, especially a touring musician. I should clarify, so much of your schedule involves constantly being on the move. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not sure if you would consider it a blessing, but you know, as you said, you've really been able to like hone in on things you're, you know, passionate about and like really mm-hmm. focus on yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that you know, for a lot of people, just being able to stay at home in some ways was a good thing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, There's, you know, uh, a recalibration of sorts. And also, I'll be honest, you know, I've been touring for a really long time and with my own music, with other people's music. And at the, you know, onset of this record and when it was completed, I kind of made this promise to myself before COVID that I wasn't going to like run myself ragged touring for very little money anymore. Like it doesn't, it's not a sustainable lifestyle and the exhaustion and the loneliness that accompanies that was becoming um, too much for me to bear. So now it's actually very like I'm in that boat again. And I've had some shows, which has been so phenomenal. I mean, I've had a couple flyout fly out dates Um, got to go to Colorado and Montana and I've played a good deal in Austin, which has just been really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, every time I, I just enjoy every second of it. It's so precious. Uh, music is medicine. Um, collective joy is medicine. So anytime that I'm able to be involved as a listener or as a performer, I am going to just, uh, yeah, every, every second of it is precious to me. But um, staying home was precious too because I got to sit with Suzanne and and really uh, learn to love her in ways that I wasn't before
0: <laughs> or I hadn't yeah. before. <laughs> I think it taught us like to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. maybe ways that we really hadn't even considered before, um, especially with things like mental health and just mm-hmm. self care and well being. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to start talking about this new album, but before we get into that, (laughs) I'm really curious. So how did you step into music? You're, we were born in Ohio, grew up in Ohio.
1: Yeah. till I was 16.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. So how did music come about? Um, where did your sort of background with that begin?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, thank you. That's a nice question.
0: I've played music my whole life since I was a baby.
1: Uh, my mom has this story of me singing in my stroller to strangers and the song was, I keep holding on. <laughs> I have to remember who sings that, but like, I actually, I think that's like my first memory to be honest with you. Cause I remember being in the stroller and like it, I can see it. Um, but I, I actually, I had this incredible fifth grade choir teacher named Mrs. Dre and, uh, Mrs. Dre was a, a really, um, kind of monumental figure in my life. And in, in the sense that she let me know when I was young, that I had her gift and she would very, you know, discreetly help me after school with singing and, you know, not in a way that it would like, to, you know, discourage the other kids or anything, but, um, she was very encouraging and, uh, you know, it took me a minute to recognize this thing and that, oh, this is something that um, I should really put a little more energy into. And then, you know, I went to public school. So uh, you could pick up an instrument. So I started playing violin and it was free because it was part of the school program. And uh, very sadly, they don't really do that as much these days in public schools because mm-hmm. uh, that's the first program to get cut for budget reasons, which is some bullshit. I don't know if I could say that on your podcast. Yes, you but, can. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very, very fortunate that I had those opportunities and I carried them with me. And then um, I was an actor for a while. I still do some acting from time to time. and Uh, it just, music was, uh, always kind of weaving in and out of my life. And then when I was 19 and moved to Los Angeles, it was, uh, like kind of hitting me upside the head of like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, much like a lot of other things in my life, when I feel like there's some obvious force pushing me towards something, I'm going to listen. And so here
0: I am (laughs) still playing music. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm always so curious to hear, especially when it comes to like God-given talent, like singing. And then of course, you know, for some people playing instruments, um, I'm always curious to hear how they get involved, um, especially for those, you know, that don't come from big like music hubs or cities, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how that works. Uh, you know, as somebody who grew up in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. um, with writing, like it was a very similar thing. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Like you had to was start it. it- a hobby at first. Yeah, definitely a hobby. And then, um, you know, just as I, I remember going through high school and it's like, okay, then you start to think of college and like practical things, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was just like, well, I, 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 guess I'll, I'll go to a city cause I, I, yeah. I, I love New York. I, I'm close to New York where I'm from like the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but it's, it's interesting how you sort of, you know, work on that passion sort of develop where you want to go with it and Mm -hmm. then sort of to branch out, um, into different regions and areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, and LA is definitely, you know, (laughs) Well, good for you too. I I think that, um, I feel
1: really fortunate to never have wondered what I was going to do with my life. Like I always knew, uh, it, it would it would Uh, revolve around music and art and, you know, theater. And um, I just never questioned it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that that is a luxury in a lot of ways.
0: (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) That's a great thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, you've accomplished so much musically. One thing I wanted to note, because it does have to do with your new album. um, You went on tour with Hosier in what, Mm -hmm. 2018, 2019, um, yep. and then you were abroad for that too, of course, touring. Um, you spent a lot of time in Ireland and that mm-hmm. really did influence this new album with the yard sale. I guess what kind of an impact did that sort of did the tour and just sort of being out of your own element culturally, uh, how yeah. did that have an impact on this album?
1: Um, I mean, just, inspirationally you're when you're experiencing such a high volume of uh, activity of just travel and new places and foreign places like boom, boom, boom. Like one night, one day I'm in Greece, the next night I'm in Ireland and then, you know, we're in Spain. And like, it's crazy. Um, I guess that tour offered me uh, a discipline I didn't really have before as a musician, a level of musicianship that is required to be involved with that level of, um, you know, of, uh, I guess, artistry at at Hosier's level. And, um, it also made me really hungry because even though I'm so grateful and really enjoyed being in that band, um, my own music is, is really where my soul resides. And, uh, it was, uh, really pulling me back, and so it, it's kind of like I took a year to be um, an apprentice, and I learned so much, but I uh, can never deny my soul. And it was just like, all right, come come back now, you know. And so that that time away from my own music, and then the inevitable necessity to get back to it while I was still transitioning out of that band. Uh, I was writing a lot in, pl- in ways and places that I hadn't before. Like I used to be a little precious about my writing where it's like, I want to be home and all the doors are closed so no one can hear me. So I could just be loud. And, you know, but at this point I didn't have that much of a luxury of my own free time. So I would, uh, write on the bus. I would write backstage. I would write in coffee shops. I would, you know, find places to play guitar and, um, because I had to, cause it, it, filled me in the ways that I I needed. So, um, I guess, yeah, (laughs) that, that tour really changed my life. I'm so grateful for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think too, just like I said, being sort of out of your normal element and when it comes to travel, I mean, traveling is so inspirational in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm curious then because Ruby Red, your uh, previous album came out in 2017 and now with yard sale, Did you feel like there was a true growth there between the two albums, um, like on a personal level?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, every day is a new day, you know, and so I'm going to be learning something new if I can help it. And just as time goes in life and loss and, and, you know, gaining and losing and abundance and, you know, all the, like, especially COVID, like one of the more altering experiences of probably most of our lives. Um, Yeah. I mean, how could it not? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to play music until I die or until, you know, something happens, if hopefully that doesn't happen. So I'm going to get better and better at it. And, hopefully better and better at knowing myself. And, you know, with that comes, uh, maturity in writing. And so I think I'd like to think that that will just keep happening, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah, definitely a, a large, uh, growth and evolution from Ruby red, which I, I love dearly.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, there's so many great singles already out from the album for Yard Sale, and it officially comes out August 27th. Uh, for mm-hmm. those who are unaware, um, which is fast approaching, um, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a wonderful album, and I think that you know, I'm curious to hear how you would describe it, um, sort of the relationship you had with it, and yeah, how you would best describe uh, the album through your lens.
1: Okay. Um well it there was a fully uh recorded version at the top of 2020. And when COVID hit, um, we had plans to release it. And then uh I took a closer look and there were things I didn't like as much as I did before. And then I actually wrote some more songs, and so it got a little bit of a makeover and and, in my opinion, a, a much needed upgrade. And it really is a hodgepodge of like a three year span, which is a long time. Um, And I, I'm, you know, I'm calling it yard sale for there's like a few different metaphorical ways to slice the onion. I think there's something for everybody on this record. It really does have um, a hodgepodge of genres, but I think they fit really well together. Mm -hmm. Um, I brought in a lot of other voices on this record um, and I'm just, they, they blend so beautifully. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's this saying, like if a lady dumps her purse out by accident and like all her shits all over the ground, it's like yard sale. <laughs> it kind of feels like that. It's an unpacking of sorts, you know, it has, um, a lot of release on it. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's how I would describe it. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I love how you use that visual of just like jumping everything out. Because um, I think for me, just from, you know, I think what's available currently to listen to, you really get this um, sort of theme of letting go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think too, with the whole album, a big concept behind it is sort of just releasing your past and and really focusing on the present, which mm-hmm. I think for... I I guess I can say many people right now with the pandemic. I think that's a really important theme, a message to focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's been a lot going on over the past year and a half now. And I think one thing that I've really taken away from it is to be really more present in the moment, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, each day to really live with a lot of intention Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: um, to really just soak up everything. Well,
1: you know, I'm with you on that. I I don't believe that you can fully release your past. You know, you can honor your past because it has shaped the present. And, you know, I I don't know if it's possible to be in the present without looking at it through the lens of the past and and what you've acquired. Um, But I have healed the more unsavory things in my past in the way that they don't harm me uh, as much, if at all uh, you know, carrying things like, uh, sadness or worry or guilt or trauma, even, um, as an adult, I find that, um, it's really important to be accountable for those things. And it's our job to, um, know where to put them, uh, so that we can be good people to ourselves and our loved ones and, and the world, if that, you know, for that matter. So, you know, releasing the past, um, it gets lighter with the um, uh, just the relationship to it. But I realized like it's never a full release. <laughs> mm-hmm. But having peace with it is where my present and my future have so much more vibrancy to them. And, and and kind of back to the beginning of this conversation, it's like really breaking it down to these simple things in life that, uh, like what brings you joy, you know, my quality time, food, uh, and music and, and you know, anything after that is, is just extra.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I just think with the crazy year and a half we've had, um, I think a lot of people can say that, you know, they've sort of shaken off a lot of the excess in life mm-hmm. and really started mm-hmm. to value Definitely.
1: what's yeah. important
0: and valued themselves yeah. And, you know, their current, their present, um, moments that they're in. I think that's, that's really important. A big takeaway that I had. And I like that you said, uh, making peace with your past. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think like the past it's, it's always there. And I mean, whether, you know, your past was great or your past was bad, if it, but I think, um, to not let it be a burden is what I think we should all really like strive for. Um, mm-hmm. and to make peace with it. I, yeah. I think that's beautiful.
1: thanks Um, I do what I can
0: (laughs) I don't always succeed (laughs) well I mean you mentioned two collaborations you had uh shaky graves and Gary Clark Jr I mean so wonderful Mm -hmm. how did those collaborations come about for the album
1: oh I just harassed the shit out of them for weeks I'm just kidding Mm -hmm. um no I um well oddly, when I was playing with Hosier, I ran into Shaky and Gary in Australia uh and we all had dinner together and um and it was really cool because i'd actually had i'd known i've known Gary for over a decade um we played shows together in l a when we were uh wee little grasshoppers and then um I'd not actually met Shaky in person i we'd like you know played the same bills and things and festivals. And then um, we ended up, I was like, Hey man, you know, I'd love to work with you sometime. And I just followed up when I came back to the States and I ended up flying down to Austin before I moved here and spending a few days with him. And um, you know, I I have so much uh, I'm so grateful that they, they wanted to collaborate. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, you take a chance. Um, but the songs I did with them, I, I think are beautiful. And, um, I like collaborating with people that I really look up to. That's kind of the, I think that's the rule, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, people that you respect and admire. So, uh, I just got really lucky. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that was a question I had. Cause I, as, you know, someone who is not a performer is someone who's not an artist. I think it's interesting, you know, there's so many artists out there in the world. And uh, when it comes to putting together an album and really, you know, picking and choosing who you want to um, sort of complement but add something also to your music, mm-hmm. I think it's probably got to be like a very difficult decision, um, sometimes a risky decision, because will it make the album work, right? Um, but Well, it's not, it's way not way. really
1: risky, because like, if it doesn't work, you don't have to, use the song, you know, you're you're the captain, but um, no, I think um, those things are most beneficial when approached with the most open mind and heart and like no ego and you just go in there and find the magic, you know? And, you know, the, the song with shaky is a full collaboration. Um, When Gary played on my tune he came in and shredded guitar for a half an hour and and like blew our minds and then was like, gotta go. (laughs) But, you know uh, it is, you do take a chance and sometimes it doesn't work Um, like any relationship, you know, it's an intimate experience when you're opening up this, like, uh, I don't know. I look at it as like a God channel, you know, there's something, um, and I respect it. Uh, Sometimes when I'm writing stuff, I'm, I'm fully aware that there is uh, another participant, you know, when I'm alone um, from some kind of, whether it's a psychic or, or spiritual place, you know, there's, there's more to it than just my brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm excited to hear, you know, what they're going to add to the album. It's it's really exciting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) But yeah. And I think too, just it's, I think with the pandemic, right. And not being able to get out there and perform. I mean, now it's, you know, it's getting a little bit better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Concerts are happening again. Um, People are getting back out there, but I think um, being able to work on, you know, your music with other individuals, I mean, maybe a little bit of normalcy Mm -hmm. (laughs) in that process. Um, But yeah, it's, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe as things start getting a little bit better. I, I don't know if I could even say that because now we have these new variants and it's who knows what the next like couple months are going to be like. But um, I guess in terms of that, what are, can you share anything else you're working on, you know, leading up to this new album release? Um, do you have, you know, are you planning what tour dates, all of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, as much as we can, some things are getting checked off the list because little festivals are closing big festivals are closing Um, some are sticking with it Uh, again I am just I'm also starting to write other songs because it helps me uh, have peace in my mind to know that that's something I can control Um, I've already done the work for this record I mean obviously like there's promotional stuff and as best as I can to get it out there and podcasts and, and, you know, press, which is such a, uh, an, you know, such a big help and I'm so grateful for it. But, um, you know, after that and any shows I can play, it's out of my hands. So I, uh, have found to go back to the source of creation and create my own, you know, create more material. And even if it's bad, just keep creating. I I feel so much better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess that's what I'm doing, um, to answer your question. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I think this one's got some legs. I, I don't, I try not to like anticipate too much about the outcome, but I do feel really, really good about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've talked about this before with um, other musicians that have come on too. Like one of my favorite things is that I love instrumentation, mm. love it. Um, I, you brought up violin before. I always wanted to play the violin, mm. never did. I mean, who knows? I, I probably still could. You could pick it up, yeah. You can learn anything <laughs> on YouTube. Um, but I love instrumentation and there's so much of that in your music. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a really good album. And I, I love, you know, hearing you say how you're sort of offsetting those challenges that the pandemic has brought about. Um, you know, things are out of our control, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we just got to really run with what we can. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot is out of our control, but to, um, you know, still find the joy in this process. I mean, an album mm-hmm. release, that's so exciting mm-hmm. and um, Thanks. <laughs> you know, to, <laughs> to still experience the joy with that. Well, I also
1: think um, I, I feel very strongly about this too. You know, there's a huge element of our society that uh, leads us to believe that we don't have as much power uh, and we are so powerful. I mean, humans, our uh, bodies are amazing, regeneratively speaking. Um, and I think that, uh, I'm big on the pivot. I'm big on the like, okay, well, how can I get around this? How can I still keep going? And, um, I feel, uh, yeah, sometimes aggressively. So the, um, necessity to recognize how capable we are of so many things. And, um, anyone that convinces you otherwise, uh, well, it's not a friend and, uh, Mm -hmm. is wrong. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite things is just watching people hustle. Like you Mm -hmm. said, like we pivot. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean,
0: not everyone but a lot of us do. Look at this pandemic. Everyone mm-hmm. from, you know, business owners to, you know, people releasing people like yourself releasing albums during this, people releasing books during this. Like, yeah, it's a lot of challenges thrown our way, but we make it work. And mm-hmm. I think that's just, you know, so inspiring of a process to watch. Um and it's mm-hmm. just something I've been so amazed by. Um, especially like restaurant owners, stores, like how everybody, Mm -hmm. and now is, you know, there's this whole variant. I mean, we went from no masks to now maybe masks again, and, and people are just really, you know, going with it and, and, and doing Mm -hmm. a good job. Um, we're really resilient too. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah.
0: So yeah, (laughs) I'm, I'm excited to see what else to come. Oh, another thing I really love to ask whenever I have a musician on is, what other music out there, other than yours, of course? Uh-huh. Um, what other music out there, like, has you know been on your playlist this summer? What's uh, mm. artists you've been listening to?
1: Um, well, I listen to all. Like, I love hip hop. I love Run the Jewels. I'm um, listening to the record that came out. Last, I think it was last year. Uh, it's like my workout playlist. Um, I I love this artist Arlo McKinley. I'm actually doing a double bill with him here in Dallas and and in Austin in a couple weeks and I hadn't really heard his music before. He's also from Ohio. Uh, and I just, his, it's beautiful, beautifully written, beautifully executed. Um, I, there's this hip hop group called black Alack that I met, um, at this event called blues on the green that they have here in Austin. I think it's weekly, but they just postponed it for a minute. But uh, I played it with Gary Clark was hosting and uh, there was like 30,000 people in the audience. This was like a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And Black Alack was just awesome. And um, let's see. Let's see. I always love Radiohead. They're kind of my constant rotation. And um, uh, Dope Lemon. I'm adding these all
0: to my list. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those are, that's just, you know, and I've been podcasting a lot. So I'm kind of like, I need to get back to music just to soothe my brain and like lay off the social media for a minute. I just uh, deleted everything today. I mean, like you can get it back, but I just don't want to like, look at it. I want to use my time a little better. So,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't blame you. I think that's another thing. Like I tried to to strive, you know, to do with the pandemic that we were home, pretty much every day, especially during the winter months, you know, and mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I was just on my phone so much more and it just, it wasn't good that I had to like set it down and, yeah. and turn off social media and just like hit, yeah. literally hit pause. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> cause yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if it doesn't, I always say if it doesn't make you feel well, if it's causing you stress, cause I know that sounds crazy, but it causes you stress. Take it, take a break from it. Take a break from it.
1: Well, that's the, um, that's the whole you know, disguise of things like social media. So, okay, yesterday I waited outside in the heat for three and a half hours to get my Texas license plates. And I'd been procrastinating. I didn't want to do it. And I finally did it. And it was like, I got a sunburn. I was miserable. And I mean, I brought books with me, but it was just, I kept going back to my phone, this drug, this scrolling. And like my whole psyche of like uh body image issues uh fighting discord um you know like oh you know FOMO it just was I was inundated by my own hand because I chose to do it and I was in I was like a wreck last night and I and I had to recognize the source of it and I mean some people live their life like that every single day you are just in the machine that is built to destroy you. And at the same time, that is also how my career continues to grow. So it's a very double-edged sword. Mm Uh, I have to be my own police officer on it. And, uh, you know, you, you have to hold yourself accountable, but like, you're right. It, it's a, it doesn't make me feel good ever. Even when I am excited that I got a bunch of likes or new followers, I feel like that's a, uh, a dangerous reward, because I, my validation should not exist in that interim or in, in that um, space, you know, I should find it elsewhere. So right. I, I have to be accountable for that. But um, yeah, I hear you there. I hear you. It's like, you know, um, I found that whenever I have been depressed or, or just low, the best medicine is to read a book. Mm -hmm. And, um, learning and feeding my beautiful brain and everyone's beautiful brains. If you take the, the opportunity to recognize how empowered and inspired you get when you learn something new, or you're just on reading a story and you're, you're in a world that's, that is taking an effort to explore, uh, rather than a mindless click of a button. Um, there is such reward in that, that like no one can touch. And I love learning new words and I love um, just expanding my expression. Um, So, you know, that's another thing too is like put my phone down and read a fucking book.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) It's great medicine. (laughs) It's so great. And it's funny because we actually just did an episode on um, memoirs. And Mm -hmm. I was saying that, you know, I, I love reading memoirs. I love reading about other people's lives. And I think that, if I find myself at least that like, if my life is causing me anxiety and I'm stressed, Mm -hmm. I love picking up a book and reading about somebody else's and then you'll Mm -hmm. learn a thing or two. Sure. And then you can go back and sort of help combat those problems you were feeling before. Mm -hmm. Like I love, like I just, I just do, I love it. Um, because there's always such great advice, you know, mm-hmm. you can take so much away from other people's stories and their, mm-hmm. you know, troubles and challenges and, um, you know, incorporate so much of that into your own. And it's, it's Sure. It's well, enough. you know, even if you're not in a book club, there's a community
1: element to reading books, you know, books of the public, uh, even especially like, I mean, if you're like old fashioned and you go to a library, which I haven't done in a very long time, but like you're actually getting a book that many other people have read. You know, there's something really um beautiful about that. And, um, you know, I think we, uh, extinguish this side of ourselves in a way that, uh, is, you know, we, we treat it in for our cell phones and, and we're told what to think rather than thinking for ourselves. And, um, you know, I, I want to try to maintain that integrity as best as I can and, uh, really encourage others to do so because, it is, it's wild what's happening to our brains. Mm. And, um, you know, it, we are up against a lot,
0: <laughs> a real, lot. so,
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta be aware of these things. It's, and it's easy to not be mm-hmm. It's very easy. Yeah.
0: So here
1: we are having
0: a real conversation about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, And it's, it's good. It's good to talk about those things. Cause I think, especially with social media, um, like I, I find it silly at times how invested I can get into it. But then I remember like, it's not just me, like other people go through this too. And mm-hmm. it is, it's a dangerous black void. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You can mm-hmm. get so lost in it.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. Not just
0: in terms of like, you know, time spent on it, but like you can Mm -hmm. get really lost in your thoughts with it. Um, And it's dangerous, but it also has Mm -hmm. a lot of positives. Sure. Uh, Like you brought up before, and I can imagine it's hard when it comes to your career and sort of getting information out there about your work. Mm -hmm. Um, It's difficult, but it's also wonderful because you're able to interact with and reach such a wide variety of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and there are a lot of positives, but I think if the negatives start, I guess my point is if the negatives start to tear you down, um, it, it's okay, completely okay to hit the pause button.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really want to do a much more disciplined, you know, approach to it just because it is precious time. I mean, like it's a, like, it'll add up to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour of, and then I'm like, what did I <laughs> do with that time that I can say was worth it, you know. Uh, and it—it's not, you know. I—I've—I've I've, for a long time I've had this idea that I'll know I'll have like made it or I've reached a level of success that I'm I've wanted when I can hire other people to do my social media and it just is self-sustainable for my career-building elements and I don't have to touch it. And I can have all that time and energy to myself. That's success to me. Like that's kind of pathetic, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's a sad goal. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think a lot of people probably probably would wish for that. Um, mm-hmm. I know I do sometimes. I'm like, why? Like, I wish couldn't couldn't I have somebody else just like write a caption for me? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to even put anything out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah. Well. Aside from that, I mean, I guess where can people, you know, follow along with not just you, but like <laughs> keep up with uh, all the sure. new music you're releasing? Like I said, Yard Sale comes out on the 27th of August, which is exciting. Very, know, very I'm so great. excited. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> the days are. Like- um, I'm on all the
1: platforms like Spotify, Apple, that kind of stuff, Amazon Music. Uh, I have an Instagram account and Twitter and Facebook. It's Suzanne Santo, S-A-N-T-O. And um, you know, I'll I'll pop on and do some stuff from time to time. I'm kind of like a once or twice a weeker at this point. Um, so yeah, I I'm excited for folks to hear this music. I hope you like it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I loved it. I think a lot of people are (laughs) going to love it, Um, but yeah, I'm going to be linking, uh, you know, leaving all the links in the episode description for people to check it out. um, But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I always love to conclude, you know, Suzanne with, with this being handling it. um, Has there been a piece of advice or a lesson that you've learned that's really helped you handle your life?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, number one is being accountable, like period, uh, accountable for your actions and your mistakes and also recognizing, um, boundaries and denying someone access to your life and your intimate intimacy and in your heart, uh, when it doesn't serve you or is even toxic, uh, is doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you, uh, discern, have discernment and, uh, much more self-respect for your, for yourself. And I think that, um, putting others before yourself is, is, uh, something to really examine closely. Uh, because if you, put yourself first in in terms of love and care and then care for others secondary. I think that is a good way to be. And uh, I personally have gotten into trouble uh, leaving myself lower on the chain in my life and have worked very hard to have those self-preserving qualities and maintaining them with boundaries that uh, hold up my values. So uh, I know that was a lot, but I think that is a really good way to live And some of the narratives around what makes a good person a good person uh, can be very confusing and disconcerting. And saying no and having a boundary doesn't make you a bad person. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I completely agree. Um, I, I, love hearing conversations, you know, dialogues about setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, that's such an important thing. And like you said, well, the female
1: condition can be really interesting because we are nurturers by nature mm-hmm. and we have to nurture ourselves.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I, like what you said, like being selfless, like that's, that's a good thing. Sure. But mm-hmm. like you have to remember to take care of yourself at the end mm-hmm. of the day, mm-hmm. um, because that's really the most important thing: is making sure. If you can't make sure that you're okay, you can't sh- make sure others are okay in return. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's really important. Yeah. <laughs> well, Suzanne, thank you so much. For thank coming. you. Oh, appreciate it. <laughs> All right, well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Suzanne. If you haven't listened to Yard Sale yet, then I highly encourage you go wherever you get your music to buy or stream it. It's such an amazing album, and I honestly feel like so many of you will be able to connect to it. So be sure to get on Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your music from, and give it a listen. Thank you to Suzanne so much for coming on, and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.